Welcome to the Duathlon Show. Today's episode, Tour de France 2023 Preview, Americans in Paris. A preview of all the American riders who will be in the Tour de France this July. Ben Franklin, John Singer Sargent, Gertrude Stein, Ernest Hemingway, Nina Simone, Americans in France have been a thing since the colonial days. This summer, the Stars and Stripes will be back in France, home of the Bleu Blanc et Rouge, for the world's greatest cycling race, the Tour de France. The Duathlon show has a firm international focus, but I am, of course, American, so I am excited to bring you this special preview of Americans in Paris, the American cyclists who will be riding in the Tour de France 2023, starting July 1st. As a disclaimer, the rosters for every team haven't been established yet, so these names represent best guesses as to which riders are likely to appear, as well as some names that have been provisionally announced. In last year's Tour de France, there were seven American riders. 2021 had four, 2020 had three. This year, it looks like there might be five or six Americans riding, based on my best guesses. We're going to preview those five or six riders, as well as a few more that I do not believe will be at the race. At the end of the episode, I'm also going to talk about some American women riders who will be riding in the Tour de France Femme. That's the women's version of the tour, which starts on the last day of the men's edition. The first rider up is Nielsen Paulus. He was featured in Netflix's recent Tour de France Unchained show. This 26-year-old rider is on the American team EF Education Easy Post. He's from Sacramento, California. He's actually Oneida, so he's the first U.S. Native American to compete in the Tour de France. He has ridden this race before. Nielsen's career highlights include a win in 2021 at the San Sebastian Classic, a general classification win at the Etoile de Bessege this year, and fifth in the World Championships road race in 2021. You can tell by Nielsen's palmares, or record of career achievements, that he's a very well-rounded athlete. He can ride for a high general classification or overall result in a week-long or three-week stage race, or ride for the win in a big one-day race. Typically, riders focus on one or the other skill set, and don't have both. So Nielsen is a special guy. What to look out for at Nielsen's Tour de France this July? Is he going to be riding for GC, for stage wins, or as a domestique or support rider? He's a guy who can ride for GC just as easily as he can for a stage win. The EF team has potentially three GC leaders, though, including Nielsen. The other two are more experienced and have a better palmares than he does. Richard Carapaz is the reigning Olympic road race champion and a former Grand Tour winner at the Giro d'Italia. Rigoberto Uran has won stages at all three Grand Tours and finished second at the Tour de France in 2017. But it was Nielsen who came within seconds of leading the race overall during one stage in last year's Tour de France. Even one day in the yellow jersey would be a huge coup for his EF education team. If Nielsen ends up competing for the GC, a top 10 would be an excellent result for this rider. If he does not, look for him to try to get in some breakaways and win an individual stage. That would also be a gigantic result. The next American rider we're going to discuss is Sepp Kuss. This 28-year-old from Durango, Colorado is known as a super domestique. 
He's been the leading helper in the mountains for the Dutch Jumbo Visma team for the past several years. He's known as a super domestique because in a different timeline, Sepkus could be a Grand Tour winner himself. If he wanted to, he could have left Jumbo years ago and been the main GC leader for a smaller team. He's ridden 10 Grand Tours in his career, and he has two stage wins. Had he been a featured rider and been able to ride more selfishly, he'd probably have 10 Grand Tour stage wins or more by now. He's absolutely got that ability. But Sepp is a guy who's embraced the role of helper, and he's helped his teammates Primoz Roglic and Jonas Vingegaard win Grand Tours in the past. And he gets highly paid to do it, probably the highest paid rider I'll be mentioning today. What to watch for this summer. Look out for Sepp Kuss in the high mountains of the Alps and Pyrenees this July. He'll probably be at the front of a small group of elite climbers with his team leader Jonas Vingegaard sheltered right behind him, serving as a launch pad for Jonas to launch that devastating final attack. Sepp might end up 12th or 18th or 40th on a specific stage, but if his team leader finishes first, that's job well done for this mountain goat climber from Durango. Oh, and by the way, he'll be coming off a successful last ride in the Giro d'Italia this May, where he finished 14th overall in GC, but helped his team leader Roglic ride to victory in the pink jersey of that race. So he might start the race a bit slow in July, but look for him in the second and third weeks of the Tour de France in the high mountain stages. Next up is Lawson Craddock. Known as an all-rounder, a guy who can do a little bit of everything, this 31-year-old from Houston is a rider for the Australian team Jayco Alula. Alula, the co-sponsor, is actually a sports washing project brought to you courtesy of the government of Saudi Arabia. What to watch for this summer at the Tour de France. Lawson Craddock is tough as nails. He's famous for racing in the 2018 Tour and crashing violently during the first stage, causing a hairline fracture in his scapula. But he continued racing. He was the last rider to cross the finish line every single stage, and he ended up finishing last overall in the race. There were many photos of him with blood pouring out of the side of his face. Cycling can be a bit of an old-fashioned sport, so the idea of riding through the pain, even if you've got a serious injury, is definitely lionized, for better or for worse. Lawson Craddock will be riding all out to protect his GC leader Simon Yates and his sprint leader Dylan Groenewegen. Often he'll be doing the thankless task of riding at the front of the peloton and eating the wind to protect the big stars on his team behind by chasing down breakaways or setting a hard pace. Next rider is Kevin Vermaka from the Dutch DSM team. This 22-year-old started the tour last year and was on the team's long list for this tour. A relatively anonymous season so far made me assume he probably wouldn't appear, but he has recently been officially named on DSM's start list for the race. Kevin doesn't have the flashiest palmares. His best results are a win in 2019 at the Liège-Bastogne-Liège U23 race, 4th in one stage of last year's Dauphiné, and 8th in GC at this year's Vuelta a San Juan. Of all the Americans here, he's probably the biggest unknown for me and for the cycling world in general. But a guy riding his second tour at only age 22, the fact that his team has selected him in a bit of a minor surprise for two years in a row, means they've got a bunch of trust in this young climber. He crashed out and broke his collarbone in stage 8 last year of the tour, forcing him to abandon. 
so he'll be back wanting to finish the race for the first time this year on the cobblestones of the Champs-Élysées. He'll most likely be riding in support of team leader Roman Bardet. The next rider up is Joe Dombrowski. He's actually a maybe for this year's Tour de France. Currently, one third-party cycling results website lists him on the provisional start list, but the other popular one does not. And his team hasn't made the official announcement yet, so I can't be quite sure. Joe is another rider you might class as a domestique. He's a 32-year-old veteran who rides for one of the more interesting teams in the world tour, Astana Kazakhstan. Joe's Palmares include a GC win at the Tour of Utah in 2015 and one stage win in the 2021 Giro d'Italia. Astana is a world tour team sponsored by a coalition of state-owned companies from Kazakhstan and named after its capital city. This team has got some notoriety for a few reasons. It's been involved in some major doping scandals in the past. It was Lance Armstrong's home for a brief but darkly hilarious 2009 season. And of course, it is in itself a sports washing project operated by an authoritarian government of Kazakhstan, which does not have free elections or a good human rights record. But hey, you can't always choose your bosses in this world, and that's especially true for cycling team sponsors. Joe Dombrowski himself is known as a consummate pro and has never been personally connected to any of this nonsense. But it's important to recognize that there will be up to five state-backed sports washing sponsors at this year's Tour de France, highlighted by UAE Team Emirates. Then there are at least three big petroleum company sponsors. Unlike professional teams in other sports, cycling teams only spend money. They don't make money. You don't really sell tickets to a bicycle race. You just walk out to the side of the road and stand there for free. So it's always been true that cycling teams have been supported by sponsors who are willing to pay the money in return for the exposure. Traditionally, these sponsors were bicycle manufacturers or coffee companies. These days, they happen to be dictatorships. So it goes. What to watch for. Look out for Joe Dombrowski in the mountains, supporting his GC team leader Alexei Luchenko as he rides for a top 5 or top 10 in this race. He may also be drafted into the sprint leadout train from Mark Cavendish, the British superstar in his last year of racing. Storyline alert. Mark Cavendish is tied with Eddie Merckx for the all-time lead in Tour de France Stages 1 at 34. Can he win his 35th stage at age 38 and complete the fairy tale ending for his career? Can he do that with an Astana team, which has always been known more for its actions in the high mountains than on the flat sprint stages that Cav can win? The absolute peak of drama would be if Cav wins that final iconic stage of the race on the Champs-Élysées in Paris to go to 35. Last American cyclist who I do believe will be at the race is Matteo Jorgensen. This 23-year-old rider from Walnut Creek, California is on the Spanish Movistar team. Movistar is not the typical destination for an American rider historically, but Matteo is a unique guy, and he's thriving on this team. He's having a breakout season this year, with a GC win at the Tour of Oman and second in GC at the Tour de Romandie. Matteo is a rider who will be going into this race as secondary GC leader or co-leader with the Spanish team's favorite son, the man from Mallorca, Enric Mas. 
Moss can run hot and cold, so Movistar will also want to protect Mateo for as long as he can stay competitive in the race. He finished 20th overall in last year's tour. Top 10 would be an incredible result for Mateo this year. Depending on how things shake out, I would not be shocked to see him get there. What to watch for. Matteo Jorgensen will make it his goal to stay in the GC group with the team leaders of other squads on the hilly and mountainous days. He could ride his way into the top 10 this way by trying to limit his losses and riding defensively. Or he may end up losing time against his intention early in the race and find himself 5 or 7 or more minutes behind the overall race leader. Then he'd be presented with the unexpected freedom to go into a breakaway in a mountain stage. If you're in 25th overall and no threat to the big leaders, other teams will let you go up the road. If Mateo finds himself in a mountain breakaway, he could absolutely win his first tour stage after coming in fourth twice last year. He could also gain back big chunks of time this way and end up in the top 10 anyway via the back door. Now I'd like to mention a few guys who will probably not be there at the Tour de France this July. First is Brandon McNulty. He had a great Giro d'Italia this year, winning stage 15 at that race. His UAE Emirates team has confirmed he is out of their tour team this year. It's possible to ride two Grand Tours in a row, but most riders would prefer doing one or the other to hit peak fitness at the right time, so now Brandon will be enjoying some well-deserved rest. Next name is Quinn Simmons. The rider for the Italian-American Lidl Trek team was at the Tour last year. He had a hot start to this season, followed by a cold spring. After returning at the Tour de Suisse race this month, he was riding behind Gino Meda when the Swiss rider crashed during Stage 5 on June 15th. Simmons stopped and directed emergency services to the crash site. Tragically, Gino Meda did not survive his injuries and passed away the next day. If you watch the tour this July, expect to see tributes to Gino and hear mention of him from the riders and commentators. Quinn Simmons' name is not listed on some third-party provisional start lists, and I personally would not expect him to be at the tour this summer. But his team hasn't been announced yet, so he's not officially been ruled out. Next is Magnus Sheffield of the British Ineos Grenadiers team. This 21-year-old would actually have been a strong contender to start his first tour this year had he not crashed in the same spot as Gino Mater at the Tour de Suisse only minutes earlier. Magnus was thankfully able to walk away from his accident, but is currently recovering from a concussion. Get well soon, Magnus. Final name is Larry Warbass. This 32-year-old former national road race champion is a fan favorite who's ridden nine Grand Tours but has never done the Tour. His AG Desar Citroën team will most likely end up filling out their eight-man roster with Frenchmen, which will please the Tour de France's domestic audience. Larry's most recent race was actually the Tour de France of gravel cycling, Unbound, in Emporia, Kansas, USA. He finished 19th, two spots behind YouTuber Dylan Johnson. That's all for the men's side, including the five or six riders who I do believe will appear, and a few who I do not believe will appear. But let's not forget the Tour de France femme avec Zwift. That's the full title in the original French, including sponsor name, of the women's version of the Tour de France. It begins on the day the men's tour ends. Look out for the following big American names there. Chloe Deigert, Kristen Faulkner, and Veronica Ewers. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Duathlon Show. I hope you enjoy the Tour de France. This episode is dedicated to the memory of Gino Mater.
You can follow The Duathlon Show on Twitter and YouTube at The Duathlon Show. Questions or comments? Show at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a good rating and review on the platform where you found it and tell your friends. You can support The Duathlon Show by donating at ko-fi.com slash theduathlonshow. 